Welcome to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Located in El Dorado Hills, California, it is our mission to help others find and follow Jesus. We hope this message inspires, encourages, and uplifts you today. A huge shout out to our youth team, all the youth who are back this week. Incredible, incredible week last week. So many salvations, baptisms, so much to celebrate. God was doing amazing things in the lives of our students in our student ministry over the past week. And it was so awesome in our all-team meeting to hear the stories, to hear about how Jesus is working in their lives. And man, there is a bright hope and future for these kids. So I am pumped, excited about the future of youth. And to be frank, man, I am, I am so excited about the future of our church. And this past week, I, I've been diving into Ephesians 4 and the book of Ephesians, which we're in the series of Ephesians on the book of Ephesians. It's all about the church. It's about the church. It's about who we're called to be. It's about what does it mean to be the church, to live this thing out? And it's incredible because a letter written 2,000 years ago, my daughter and I were talking about this last night. She's like, Dad, it's kind of crazy that you can talk about the Bible, which is 2,000 years old, and it still makes sense for our lives today. I was like, yeah, it does, sweetheart. That's exactly, I'm going to say that in church tomorrow. I'm gonna... It's from Lily Hope, y'all. She's serving in kids ministry right now. Um, but it's amazing. I, it's because it was written by God. God never goes out of style. He's relevant in every generation, in every culture, with every single person on the, pla- on the planet because we're made in his image. We're his image bearers. We were designed for him. This is who we are. And so Ephesians is speaking to us as the church and friends. Last week, we looked at this reality that God is able. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your life journey has brought you to, no matter how stuck you may feel in some parts of your life or your family or your relationships or your finances or your health, no matter what it is, we looked at this amazing passage in Ephesians 3.20 that said, God is Able. We had a few people that were here last week. We'll try it again. God is to do far more than you can ask or imagine according to the power at work within us. That is the Holy Spirit. We believe God the Holy Spirit is with us. And I want to encourage you, if you missed last week, go back and give it a listen on our YouTube channel. And Side note, YouTube, for those watching online, it's a great way to stay in touch with our church, whether it's update videos from things like CampX or YouthX. As we head into the fall, we're going to begin putting more resources on there, follow-up talks from the sermons, opportunities for you all to text in and say, hey, I had questions about this or that where we can respond. And so I would encourage you, uh, not a weird sales, but I feel like a YouTuber right now, like, click, subscribe, follow us on Hills Church. I don't know, whatever they all, my, my daughter's got the whole like script written out, but actually do that stuff. It would help us. It helps us get the word out. But I think the resources that we're praying about and wanting to, to put in your, um, just to put into your hands, that'd be a great way to stay in touch. So subscribe to the Hills Church YouTube channel. This past week, well, really yesterday, I was, uh, I was on a run uh, by Folsom Lake. 
One of my favorite trails to, to run is just right there on the edge of the lake and was running and I was praying for today. I was praying for you. I was praying, just meeting with the Lord, spending some time in prayer, and I felt like, I felt like the Lord was impressing some things on my heart. And specifically the things that I was praying for you and for our church and for our community as we build towards the days ahead is this simple phrase, to live free. We've been set free from sin and bondage. We've been raised to spiritual life by Jesus. And if you're new to church, that may not make sense to you yet because you're like, wait, I'm, I'm physically alive. That's true. But the question the Bible deals with is, are you God alive? Are you alive to God? Are you born again into this awareness of a spiritual hope, a spiritual reality, a spiritual freedom that's available to all of us? And so my prayer for myself was, Lord, I want to live free. I want to be free to love others, free to serve, free to be present with my family, free from the strongholds and the bondages in my own life, free to be all that you've called me to be. And Lord, I want that for every person in our church. I want us to be a community of people that are moving towards freedom and walking in the joy of the Spirit, walking in the joy of our calling with purpose and meaning in our lives, to where people look at the community at Hills Church and they say, man, what is going on? I want some of that. I need some of that in my own life. And that was my prayer, and I thought about, man, what does it look like? How do we get there to live free? Because we've been set free. And I think Paul addresses it in Ephesians 4 that we're going to dive into today. And he says one of the ways you get there is not just believing the gospel. Believing that God so loved the world he gave his only son to die for you. So that you by faith could be raised to new life. That's the beginning but it's also this word that Paul hits on over and over and over again in Ephesians, this word, unity. Unity. How do you as the church become unified around what you believe, around the road that you're headed on, around where you're heading? Because Paul is talking about something here profound. He says, look, the Christian life, actually the purpose of the church, there's a very clear purpose, and we're going to get into that in a second, but we're all called to be walking on this road, the straight and narrow path towards Jesus, towards becoming more like Christ, towards becoming a witness of Jesus in the world. And to be a full witness, that means you represent somebody else as an ambassador. You don't just use the right words, you live differently. It affects your life, your practices, your habits, all of these things. And friends, unity... For us to be joined as the body of Christ, it means we have to move from just consumers of church to contributors. It means we can't show up and say, all right, it's time for me to consume every single week. I gotta find out ways to get connected and to serve and to build up the body of Christ with one another. I have to figure out what it means to live in unity and I, me, Personally, I was praying. I said, Lord, I, I want to take more personal responsibility in my own life as a leader for this place. And I celebrated my, 
my birthday this past week, I genuinely did not know how old I was turning. Had no idea. I feel like between 30 and 40, and man, we're getting close to 40. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a blur. Who cares if it's 36 or 39? Doesn't matter. But I, I was remembering on my birthday five years ago is when I actually received the offer letter from, at the time, Rolling Hills Church to come and be the lead pastor five years ago on my birthday. It's like, what a birthday present. And we really felt like the Lord was saying yes and leading us. And who could have ever imagined what the past five years have held for us as a church? Who could have possibly imagined what was coming? And I look at this and I think, man, we have been through some things, and many of you are new to the community, but many of you have also been with us through the journey of the past two years, through the journey of the ups and downs with COVID, with the building being shut down, but the church not being shut down. And I want to say this. This is what I felt like the Lord was pressing on me as I was just praying and running I felt like he was inviting me to recommit in a fresh way to believing, to building, and to giving my life to the future of this church. Saying, man, I, Lord, I want to give everything I have to help equip these people and build this place up into everything you want it to be. That's my heart. That's my desire. I love this place. I love these people. I love what I get to do. And I'm so excited about where we're heading, and I want to invite all of us to begin dreaming and praying. I'm, I'm charging you and commissioning you. If you're a first-time guest, you can just hang back and listen. But if you've been here a minute, begin to pray for the future of this church. Look for ways to get involved, to get connected. Look for ways to take that next step in your faith and say, I want to be a part of building towards the future of this church. And I believe God has some beautiful things for us in the days ahead. So many incredible things that this church has been a part of. So many incredible things that we've got the opportunity to do. I think back over the past couple years with our fire relief efforts, I think back to last year, how our Building B became a Red Cross evacuation center for over 100 families who lived both inside the building or in our upper parking lot who'd been displaced by the Caldor Fire. I think back to our Ukraine relief efforts where we were able to support a local church and refugees who were fleeing Ukraine. We, we put out a call to say, would you help support? And you guys amazingly and generously gave over $55,000. Give it up for yourself. Incredible. I think about our Compassion Sunday, Compassion International, and I'm I'm fired up because we got a phone call with the pastors in Brazil on Monday. Pastor Matt and I are going to be on Zoom with them getting to, to build those relationships and those connections for future trips down there. But, you know, we had this, this goal. We said, hey, we're going to try and uh, sponsor about 200 kids in a village. We're going to try and launch a child development center, which is about education and health care and provision in the poorest of the poor in Brazil. And you guys didn't support 200 kids. You all supported 352 kids, which was unbelievable, which equates to roughly from our church, 138,000 a year in child sponsorship going to help our sister church, if you will, in Brazil. 
amazing what God is doing through this place. I think about all of our For the 50 efforts. I think about our Love the 50 week coming up where we just flood the 50 corridor with acts of compassion. 700 plus volunteers, nine different cities, 55 projects from transforming bedrooms for children dealing with terminal illnesses to helping buy a brand new van for a mom who just graduated from Powerhouse Ministries and is sober and clean and needs transportation to work for her and her kids, to serving first responders and local businesses. And friends, these are all amazing things. And these are all the, the doorways that we wanna walk through as a church toward real change in the world. But we also wanna be equipped as believers to share the gospel. Not just out there, but in our homes, in our families, everywhere that God takes us. And friends, I believe this is only the beginning of where we're heading. And as I read Ephesians 4 and I think through these things, this is the roadmap for us to become all we're supposed to be as a church. This right here is it. And here's what Paul is talking about. I'm gonna read this, Ephesians 4, 7, verse 12 to 16. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. If not, it'll be on the side screens. But we're gonna go Ephesians 4, verse 7, and then we're gonna skip down to verse 12. And here's what it says. It says, grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So Jesus gave all of us different talents and gifts. Some of you are amazing with people. Some of you are extroverted. Some are introverted. Some are welcoming personalities. Some are more shy. But man, you're good with details. Some are more big picture minded. All of us have different skills and gifts the Bible says all of those were given by grace to us from God. Moving on down to verse 12, why were we all given different gifts? Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, okay? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Why did God design you and wire you the exact way that he did? Was it just so that you can be successful in life? Partially. Was it just so you can find a way to make a difference and find meaning in the world? Absolutely. But there's a bigger reason, too. The reason God has given you what he's given you is for you guys to equip one another. The saints, that's Christians, that's people in the body of Christ, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That's why you've been given gifts, to help build the church. It's part of the reason. He goes on, until we all attain to the, and say it with me, we all attain to the unity, the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, that we know rightly who Jesus is and why he came and what he's about. To mature, the ESV says manhood, but a better translation is adulthood. Hashtag adulting, here we go. To mature, adulthood, spiritually speaking, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what's this road that we're walking on together as a church? Where are we headed? We're all heading towards Christ-likeness, towards becoming more and more like Jesus, to spiritual maturity. Now here's what we gotta realize. You can keep that up. I'm gonna get right back to it, Rachel. Here's what we have to realize. 
You can be a full-grown adult in a full-grown adult body and be a child spiritually. And we know this is true as well. You can be a full-grown adult and be a child emotionally. <laughs> you can be a child in many ways. I mean, there are many ways in which I am still a child, right? Wives, look at your husbands and say, grow up. <laughs> be some fun conversations on the, the way home. Husbands, look at your wives and say, yes, ma'am. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we're going to be unified on this journey of becoming more like Christ. That's where we're headed. So that we may no longer be like children. Spiritual infants tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine. Doctrine is belief, worldview, theology. And friends, make no mistake, every time you turn on the TV... Every time you watch a movie, every single time you get on social media, there is a doctrine, an indoctrination that is happening culturally to you, 100%. And if we're spiritual children, Paul says, we're going to get tossed around by this stuff. He goes on, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Every generation has had to wrestle with the different cultural trends that are happening, trying to toss you away from your faith. There is a word deconstruction. Anybody heard this? De I mean, not obviously we know what the word deconstruction means, but deconstruction, spiritual deconstruction, where people are leaving the Christian faith by tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands across the world, because culturally... The Christian views, the Christian worldviews on who Jesus is, on what it means to follow Christ, on how we're called to live is becoming less and less and less popular. Less and less popular. So if you're, if you're young in the faith, you get tossed around by these things. He goes on, instead of being tossed around, speak the truth in love and grow up. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting all week to say that. Grow up. I'm saying it to myself too. I'm preaching at me, people. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. That's the direction we're growing. From whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint uh, with which it is equipped, with each part working properly. That's individually, each of you choosing to grow up spiritually to take the journey of spiritual growth, each part working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's an amazing passage of scripture. Title for my talk today, if you're writing this down, is spiritual adulting. <laughs> Hashtag adulting. This phrase has taken over social media by storm over the last few years, but here's the good news. It's never too late to start growing up. It's never too late to start growing up spiritually. It's never too late to, to dig our roots down deep into what it means to be a Christian and start following Christ. And today we're going to look at what it means to grow up spiritually because spiritual Adulting, spiritual maturity, is not just about reading the Bible and praying. Those are great things. That's a big part of it. It's about living out your faith in the context of everyday life. 
How do you live? It's about how we act in our marriage. It's about how we act in our relationships at work. It's about how we spend our money, our time. Spiritual maturity is about growing up into these things. It's not just about what we know. It's about how we live. Just to bring some clarity, adulting, this is actually in the dictionary now. They've given it a definition. <laughs> it's a verb. Uh, it's referring to the actions and practices of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks. Straight out of Webster's Dictionary. Um, I'll give you an example. Three years ago when my wife and I bought our home, uh, we were so happy to get into a house and it had some issues, and one of those issues was it had no doors on the upstairs closets. There were doors there. You could see where the doors had been, but for whatever reason, the previous owners removed the doors and hung curtains over the closets. I don't know, okay? No doors. And so three years in, I finally snapped, and I went to Home Depot, and I bought doors, and I posted this photo on my social media, and I said, kids, remember that one day you'll grow up, and you'll buy doors for your closet, and you'll be really excited about it. <laughs> Hashtag adulting, right? And I got so many responses on that post. They were like, I feel the same way when I buy faucets for my bathroom. It's like, I feel you. Like, I feel the same way when I get a new vacuum cleaner, or when I cut the lawn, or a new appliance. Adulting. When you look up adulting on Google, there's a book that pops up that says, How to Win at Adulting, Your Guide to Living in the Grown-Up World. Praise God. The topics are finances, relationships, health, social media, and how to hold a job and be successful. If you look up adulting on Amazon, they actually have a sticker book. This is incredible. Okay, a sticker book where you can... Uh, you know, give yourself a sticker for adulting moments in your life. I drove without swearing. Sticker. <laughs> Didn't binge watch a new show. Like the show was good, but I had enough self-control to stop it. Four episodes. What, what, what constitutes a binge? You know, I don't know. I fixed it myself. I made my bed. I matched my socks. I took only one selfie. I didn't spend all the money. I didn't have ramen for dinner. I didn't lose my keys. Adulting, these are big things. I'm, wor I'm working on several of these, personally. One of the stickers in the book was, I saw a real doctor. <laughs> Found some quotes on adulting. Turns out that adulting is mostly Googling how to do stuff. Amen to that. Maybe you can relate. This one nailed me. Adulting is putting back a pack of chicken for $11.58 because you see one for $11.17. <laughs> Right next to it. And there, there is something about that like 38 cents or whatever it is that you're like, yes, deal, bargain. I'm winning, sweetheart. <laughs> Adulting is looking both ways before you cross the street only to get hit by an airplane. Praise God for that. And my favorite part of childhood, my favorite childhood memory is not paying bills. Hashtag adulting. And adulting is mostly about being exhausted, wishing you hadn't made plans, and wondering how you hurt your back. <laughs> I was like, it's so true. I'm, I'm still working on a lot of these. I think we all are. But 
Adulting is hard, that's the joke, right? The joke is, man, these are mundane, everyday, ordinary tasks in my life, and gosh, I gotta pay my taxes, I gotta get my smog report done on my car, I've gotta do these things, I gotta fill out 900 forms just to get my kid signed up for sports this year. Adulting, adulting, it's, it's not easy, it's not flashy, but there's no way around it. It's just learning to live in the world and be responsible. And parents, you know this, right? You know this. It's so fun to watch our kids grow up. It's so fun to watch our kids become who they are. And I'll never forget my daughter, Lily Hope, when she was a, just a little baby. She was eating solid food for the first time. And we have a video of this. We were in Kentucky at the time in seminary. I want you all to see this. This is Cutest video ever. Ready? Hold on. <laughs> First bite of real food. Good girl. She likes it. Mmm, <laughs> lip smacking good. <laughs> Great job. Just one, one more. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Oh, it's the best. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, right? And look, it's cute when your kids are young and they're learning to eat, and it's so fun to watch them grow up. Uh, recently, my son and I, we, we hiked our first mountain together, so... Feels like I blinked from the moment where I, you know, he's eating baby food to now this picture of us from the top of Thunder Mountain by Kirkwood. All 2,000 feet vertical, 8.5 miles round trip, and he made it. He made it. It's incredible to watch our kids grow up, but there's a point at which being a child or an infant isn't funny or cute anymore. Like having to feed an adult food it's not fun. Getting to the point where you have to drive your 30-year-old to go on playdates with his friends is not what you're living for, right, as a parent. Getting to the point where you're like, man, uh, you know, my 40-year-old my is still in the basement with no vision or job or, you know, anything for their future. It's like, hey, this is not what we want. Eventually, we mature into adults and we advance into the world and we begin to give back to society. Eugene Peterson said it like this in the message. It's a paraphrase of what we just read in verse 14 to 16. Here's how he said it. He said, no prolonged infancies among us, please. Talking about spiritual infancies, right? We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy prey for predators. God wants us to grow up spiritually. To know the whole truth and tell it in love. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Friends, we are called to grow up Spiritually, we're called to grow into who God has called us to be. And the way that we grow up, Paul outlines it for us here. What does it mean to be spiritually mature? 
What does it mean for you to grow up spiritually into Christ? Well, here's what Paul says, and we're gonna take a look at this passage together. He says, but grace, begins with grace. The whole story is about grace. It's a free gift. Your breath is a free gift in your lungs. Salvation, forgiveness is a free gift by grace. And by grace... Sorry, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So whatever skills that you have, whatever personality that you have, the things, the gifts that God has given you for work, for relationships, for life in general, those were a gift of grace from God. He goes, these were given to us, and each of us have different measures of different gifts. And it's not about how big your measuring cup is or how much gifting you have. It's about what do you do with the measure of the gift that's been given to you. Because here's the calling. We've all been given different talents and gifts. Why? What's the purpose? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ, the church. Body of Christ equals church. You're called to build up the church. You're called to be a vital part of this community, building up the church with the things that God has given you. Some of you have warm and welcoming personalities. Maybe God is calling you to be on our welcome team on Sunday mornings. Some of you are really good at leading conversation. Maybe God is calling you to lead a small group this fall. Some of you are awesome at mountain biking. Maybe you're called to get some people together and go mountain biking for Jesus every once in a while. Whatever gifts he's given you. Some of you are incredible entrepreneurs and business leaders and business owners and he wants you to use your platform to share the gospel and he's gonna bless you with insane amounts of money. And literally, he's gonna say, I don't want you to keep it all for yourself and hoard your own kingdom. I want you to build my kingdom on earth, support the cause of the earth. That's part of you giving the measure of the gift that God has given you. That's all part of it. How do we be faithful to build up the body of Christ, the church? He goes on. We're building up the body of Christ until, until we attain, this is where we're headed together on the same road, the unity. Unity of the faith. Unity around the knowledge of the Son of God. So when I, when I look at you, that's, that's Jesus. Say, man, who is Jesus to you? You don't just create some fantasy of who you want God to be or who you hope Jesus is, you actually know him. Through the word, you can actually say, here's who Jesus is. He is the son of God. He lived a perfect and blameless life. He was sent from heaven to pay the penalty for our sins through his death on the cross. And now his Holy Spirit lives in me and I'm learning to walk in his way. I'm learning to to grow in love and excellence. I'm learning to, to be who Jesus has called me to be. We have a unity around the knowledge of Jesus and we're building each other up until we attain to mature adulthood, the measure of the fullness of Christ. The measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Friends, here's what I know. The church, the body of Christ, doesn't grow into mature adulthood if all of us aren't individually growing up into who we are called to be. Unless each one of you, and myself included, take responsibility for cultivating the gifts that God has given us to share our faith in this community, to represent Christ in our families and at our workplace, to invite people into this church, to offer what God has given us back to the mission of the church, and we join as one unified body, collectively giving back to God the gifts that he's given us so that we can advance the mission on the earth. Amen? That's the point. So that more people can find the freedom that we've experienced. So that more people can find the joy and the purpose in life that we've experienced. You see, and I thought about it, I said, man, there's different stages of development. Now, if you're like a child psychologist, there's probably like 80 stages between infancy and adulthood, but I'm going to work with three, okay, because I'm a pastor. Stages of development, infancy, adolescence, adulthood. Let's just think of it like this. Infancy, right? When you're an infant, what is infancy defined by? It's defined by grace, dependence, and vulnerability. Grace, everything you have is a gift. You're dependent, you're vulnerable. You can't survive very long as an infant without your family around you, without your parents to take care of you, to feed you, to keep you alive right? We've all been given different measures. And Christ is the fullness. That's what Paul says. He's like, Christ is the fullness. And the church, we're all heading towards being like Jesus, offering to the world everything that Jesus offered to the world, showing them what grace is like, showing them what love is like, showing them what it means to live alive, fully alive, to be present with those that we love, to serve something bigger than ourselves. And it's amazing because every church, Hills Church, every church across the world has been given, if you will, a measure of grace. We all represent to some degree, in some way, what it means to be like Christ. Now, are we a perfect representation of the fullness of Christ? You can answer, it's not a trick question. No. <laughs> We're lacking in some areas, right? We're lacking in some areas. And God, look, imagine all these different measuring cups and pieces of measurement. Imagine they represent us, right? Man, God has given some of us like a ladle. He's given, he's given some of us a shovel, a forklift. You know, he, he's given some of us really, he's entrusted us with a lot. This doesn't look like a lot, but imagine it is, Right? When you're born, again, when you put your faith in Christ for the first time, right, you're not here. You're not even close to here. In fact, hopefully you're in the church, you're connected to the body, and when you're an infant, guess what? You need to take from the church to begin filling up the fullness of what you're supposed to bring. You, you need someone to teach you how to walk with Jesus, teach you how to find freedom from sins and habits that are bringing you down, teach you how to thrive in your marriage and your relationships following Jesus's example. You need people to teach you what it means to walk with Jesus. And in the beginning, you take from the church. 
Rightfully so, the church, the community, is what helps you stay alive spiritually. I think of it with my own kids, right? When we went to the ocean, especially when they were younger, their favorite thing was to hold on to my arms as we played in the waves. And they would hold on to my arms because if the waves came and they weren't holding on to my arms, poof, they're leveled. Okay, they were little, they would get leveled by the waves. Paul's like, look, don't be like children who are tossed to and fro by every wave, by every cultural current out there. Hang tight to your father. Hang tight, stay joined to the church, to the community, so you can withstand the waves. You're not tossed around. Eventually, you can stand on your own. Now they're like surfing the waves. They're riding boogie boards. They love it. I don't even have to be out there with them. But in the early days, you take from the church. You need to take from the church. Now, you think about it, as you grow up more and more, you become an adolescent. I remember I was an adolescent once. I think about this. And this whole reality of being a spiritual adolescent is, hey, you're growing in knowledge. I remember being a teenager, I thought I knew everything. Mom and dad don't know anything about life. I knew it all, right? I was filled with knowledge. So becoming an adolescent is actually, spiritually, is learning the Bible, learning just the core doctrines of the Christian faith. But it's mostly up here. You love to argue with people. You think you know the best way to do things. It's all the, um, it's all the realities of those who are young in their faith. There's, there's not a huge desire to serve. It's mostly still about them. How am I growing? What can the church do for me? It's not really about giving back sacrificially. You still want to be independent, as inward focused, but you're growing, right? So the adolescent phase is, well, I'm still definitely taking from the church. I'm still definitely consuming from the church, but I'm also starting to give back. I'm starting to get involved in community. I'm starting to grow in understanding who Christ is. I'm starting the journey. So it's in between, and then you think about spiritual adulthood, Paul's saying we mature into the fullness of Christ. And when I think about what it means to be a spiritual adult, sorry, take a photo of this. The list is long um, and probably longer than this. But you're others focused. You're willing to overlook differences for the sake of Christ and work in unity and fight for community. You're generous and thankful. Man, Lord, thank you for what you've given me. How can I serve the mission of this church and, and, and advance the mission of the gospel? You realize that practice is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is key, but how you live this thing out is the most important. You take personal responsibility for making the church better, for building up the body of Christ, for your own growth. You choose to stay connected to the body of Christ instead of independent. Friends, a mature spiritual adult can make a disciple. Here's a question. I thought about this for all of us. If someone came to you right now and said, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ, how do I do that? What's, what do I do now? What would you say to them? How would you lead them from that moment? Maybe they pray with you and they, in their heart, they believe that Christ is God and he died for their sins and he rose again. And, and it may not have been some crazy flashy moment, but man, there's new life beginning to happen in them. And then they look at you and they say, now what? What do I do now? What would you say to them? 
can you make a disciple? You know, they're asking, is there something I should read? Is there something I should do? What do I do? What does it mean to follow Jesus? How would you answer? Spiritual adult can make a disciple. Spiritual maturity is a life measured by love and faithfulness. Not just what you can take, but about love and faithfulness. And here's the beautiful thing. As all of us begin to live into the full measure of what God has given us, and we bring these gifts into the church, we bring this faithfulness, a heart to serve, we bring, man, the tithe, the offering into the church, we decide to uh, reach out and love our community, we decide to, man, Lord, this, this platform, this company you've given me, I'm gonna begin holding prayer meetings here, or I'm gonna share my gospel, I'm gonna take a coworker out to lunch, I'm gonna live on mission begin telling my kids about the Bible and how to read the Bible, as we begin to do this, as we bring the full measure that God has given us of our gifts, of our calling, of our talents, of the individual things that he's given us, and we begin to bring this into the reality of our lives through the local church. And it's not saying come every Sunday and do everything the church offers. You gotta take those steps to be a part of it. But it's also about how you live out your lives collectively as a community individually. And friends, what Paul says is very simple. He goes, if any, each part of the body must play its part or the body doesn't function. If my, you know, left leg stopped growing at the age of two, my adult body would not function very well. If my right hand stopped growing at the age of one, my body would not function very well. And he says, look, all of you are joined together. And if anybody is not bringing the fullness or on this road to maturity, choosing to mature in Christ, then the church will always be lacking and it will not become a full representation of Christ to the world. Amen? Friends, we're called to enter into this journey of growing into mature Christians. And I'll end with this last thought for all of us. Spiritual maturity is about bringing your full self, all of you, with all the gifts that God has given you into the world. Not just into this community, because this community extends beyond this building, but into the world. God, um, it's about living with deep meaning and purpose and joy and confidence. It's about laying down your life in love for the good of others, and I would add, and the sake of Christ, for the cause of Christ. Friends, my heart for us as we head into the fall, as we head into the days ahead, is that you would take inventory of your life and ask the question, Am I a child spiritually tossed to and fro by waves? Am I connected to the body here? Or am I just independent? Am I an adolescent spiritually who's constantly looking for things that are wrong instead of finding ways to build up the body of Christ? Am I on the journey to adulthood because every single one of us has to personally embrace that journey if the whole body's gonna be healthy? That's what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4. And friends, it begins with the cross. I'm closing with this. Hopefully you're able to get communion on your way in. 
But Jesus did this for us. He said, I'm not calling you to give the fullness of who you are away to my cause on earth, which the church is the cause of Christ on earth. He goes, I'm not asking you to do something that I didn't do. He said, I gave it all, the full measure of myself, God in the flesh, I gave it all for you. Every bit of myself, my blood was shed, my body was broken, I went to the grave, but three days later I rose again so that you could have the fullness of life. That's what we celebrate with communion. So friends, with that in mind, my prayer for us is that we would say yes to Jesus, that we'd receive the gift of grace that he gave us on the cross. And let's take communion together and remember what he gave for us. Thank you for listening to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you haven't already, give us a rating so we know how this has impacted your journey with God. To learn more about us, visit our website at hills.church. We'll see you next time.